Hi everyone, welcome back to What's That Like For You? I'm Sahar Martinez and I'm so thrilled to share today's episode with you. Today I sit with Lan Blinky. Lan is the definition of someone that does it all. She is the co-creator of Bosha, a mom of three, and an inspiration to anyone that has the honor of knowing her. I had so much fun learning about how Lan has built a career from honoring the stories and traditions of her family. I hope you all enjoy. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to see a friendly face, <laughs> especially in our time of social distancing. Yeah. Um, really good to see you, and thank you for having me. Good to see a little backstory. Land and I actually have known each other since we were kids. We went to high school together. We grew up in the same neighborhood, and so it's been really fun to see like her journey into being a total boss and running this huge company <laughs> and being a mom of three and doing all the things. I know. Um, (laughs) When you reached out for this podcast, I was just such a surreal moment knowing that, yeah, I've known you since I was what, like 13. (laughs) So I'm really excited that we're here again. Um, And I know we've kept in touch throughout the year. So it's just really like fun to officially get to do something. Um, We're like real grownups now. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's it's insane. Yeah. I think that we have kids, we're married. <laughs> I would love to have you share a little bit with our listeners about how you kind of came to do the work that you're doing, how Bosha came to be. I mean, you guys are pioneers in the clean beauty space and I would love to kind of hear that origin story. Yes, absolutely. So um, like you mentioned, um, I'm currently the co-creator and general manager of Bosha Skincare. Bosha uh, stands for actually Botanical Science. And I've been so grateful for really my life experience um, that has led me to this role. Um, just to start from the beginning, I was born and raised in Japan, and that's really where my love for skincare started. My father's side of the family is Japanese. And I remember as a young child, you know, being over at my grandparents' house, watching my grandmother, my aunt just take, you know, such meticulous care of her skin. Um, it always fascinated me the different steps, the process they went through. And it was really never about makeup. Um, in fact, I don't really recall my grandmother or aunt wearing more than, you know, just lipstick, but just, mm-hmm. and that was always instilled in me as such a young child. And, and then um, my family had the opportunity to move to the U.S. My mom being American, it kind of was a natural progression, I think, in our family dynamics. And when you did move out here to um, Irvine, California, my father then um, started BOSHA. So it definitely was something that I grew up with. And, you know, prior to moving um, to the neighborhood that we both grew up (laughs) in, um, you know, I remember fighting with my sisters because I wanted my own room and we didn't have enough bedrooms. And so the other room was always the Bosha office. Our garage um, literally was our warehouse. Um, My father at the time was the CEO, the receptionist really did all all of you know what entails to run a business and wherever I could you know I would help out and I still remember looking back being in high school you know awkward teenage years super <laughs> I was like you know what I gotta go help them and we'd go to like the Japanese fairs and 
pass out these samples. So definitely something I was always really interested in and passionate about. Um, and as just, you know, a female, I think I just naturally wanted to be a part of this and just the fun part of skincare as well. And then after high school, I knew if this is something I wanted to officially be a part of, um, I'd have to go to college. So I went away um, and I studied marketing, came back and then um, started with BOSHA. But I think what I'm so fortunate and grateful for is that when I say I started at BOSHA, um, this was my idea to join the company, but my father was very much against it at that time. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Um, and he really did um, disassociate himself from the process of me coming on board. Um, I knew the receptionist who had left. And so I went and interviewed and the previous um, GM at that time was like, you're kind of overqualified. But I was like, I just really want to like- Your dad me. made you come interview? Yes. It was, <laughs> I know, it's crazy. So I, I love that. that. I love that. And to completely be honest with you, Sahara, every time um, I, I had an opportunity to elevate my role here at BOSHA really was because of my mentors. I remember my, you know, my, now, now I know this, but, you know, my, my previous um, supervisors going to my father and saying, hey, like, we, we really feel that she needs a promotion he was like, no, like that doesn't make sense. We can cut some costs here. And I was like, no, it's not right. Or that they would leave BOSHA for another opportunity. And then they would then come to me and say, hey, I have an opportunity at, you know, this brand I'm working, come with me. And then I would go straight to my father and say, hey, I, I got this offer. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's really appealing. I think I'm going to do this. And I think that's where he started to realize, like, I think there's, something that you definitely bring to the table. Um, so now, you know, we're at a really great place and definitely we work hand in hand, but it wasn't overnight. It has definitely taken over a decade to be where I am. But again, I think that's also has given me a lot of insight. So I worked in logistics in the warehouse. I've done customer service. Um, I've helped out and being a marketing coordinator, um, you know, dabbled in product development. I do feel that that has really, really um, given me insight, but also just so grateful for what everyone does here. It definitely is a team effort to make this a successful business. Um, but that's, that's kind of, yeah, uh, in summary of where I've been. So I've officially started in 2008 um yeah and so here I am today I think that is what an incredible story I I didn't know that part of this story I knew that your dad had started the company and I knew that you came on after college I didn't realize that he was basically like yeah no you're coming in as like a, in a basic employee pool and if you yeah. get the job on your own merit then you get it and if not you know if not what I really admire is your like your ability and your strength to negotiate with him, essentially. Yeah, I think that's a, something that can be really, really hard for a lot of people to do. And I, I think that sometimes it becomes even harder in a situation where it's like someone familiar, like a parental figure, but to go in and be like, look, I have this offer and it looks really appealing. So if you want to keep me, you got to make me an offer. And if not, yeah. like, I've got other places that I can go. That's like a, that's a boss move. 
<laughs> as opposed to, but yeah, no, and and you're absolutely right. I think just bringing in, it's always hard to negotiate, you know, in any type of setting where you're asking for more per se from the company. Um, but then you add in the fact that he is my father, it does get kind of confusing. But I mean, kind of a funny story is, you know, when, when we did decide that, okay, you're going to work at Bosha from the very beginning, you're going to laugh, but you know, even, even the way I had his name in my phone, he was like, can you change that to Gen? Like, don't put dad like this <laughs> really professional about this. Um, and I think at a point when I got married and I changed my last name, I think that was a really great thing for him because <laughs> we had different names. So it wasn't like, Oh, you know, Mata, you know, Mata, you guys yeah. related. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been definitely a journey, but I know now he definitely also sees the value, mm-hmm. not only um, myself as an employee, but the fact that I am his daughter, like, you know, I'm in this 120%. Right. He knows he can count on me when something goes down, vice versa. So I think in the end, we've really um, leveraged this for a positive um, environment. I think it's really smart on his behalf, though to make sure that this was something that like never felt like an obligation to you, that it was something that you really wanted, like you really wanted this. So you fought for it. And I think for him, like as a business owner to have some, like have a daughter or a child come in and it's not something that was just handed to you. And so you have like that passion behind it. And I imagine that was something really important for him and like, you know, kind of sharing this space with someone is that, like shared passion and shared desire to see the success of the company. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, now it's fun and I think now we're in the good stages, but um, definitely a lot of, you know, learning curves and and challenges that we did have to um, go through. Tell me about the mask. Okay. The black (laughs) mask. So it's so funny you bring this up because believe it or not, July 29th marks our 10th year anniversary so the black Stop, mask. Really? I know. Oh I believe it. It's so there is a picture floating somewhere in, in the depths of Facebook of me and my sister, probably from close to a decade ago, what, like ha- having a girl's night at home wearing the charcoal mask. And I remember buying it at the time and being like, this is so cool. It's a peel off mask. And it was like, I, had, I hadn't made that connection yet that this was someone that I grew up with from high school who like, created this. <laughs> That's so cool. That really warms my heart. But absolutely, I think that product put Bowshaw on the map. Mm-hmm. I really allowed us to grow to the next level. But the story behind the mask, um, you know, it was actually inspired um, on one of the trips I take to Japan. So every summer, because my grandmother um, aunt still lives in Japan, I go back there. And when I was younger, I would have the, the time to stay for, you know, a couple weeks. And during one of these trips, I noticed, you know, peel-off masks was such a big hit um, in Japan. Whether you were at a prestige department retail store or at, you know, my grandmother's local drugstore, they're they're everywhere. So I thought that was really cool. And at that time, I had already began with Bosha, so I was always on the lookout for innovative skincare products. And simultaneously on this trip, when I spend extensive amount of time with my grandmother, I love this, but she just loves to share 
everything from her youth, from her past, any tips and tricks she may have when it comes to homemaking. And one of the things this summer she really wanted to talk to me about was charcoal. And she showed me everything from, you know, we used to use this in cooking our rice because it draws out the impurities. You know, they of course use it to purify water. She even told me that they put it in their refrigerator and there's just so many great benefits. And the one thing about charcoal, as you know, is, you know, it's, it's so dark and it's got this like gorgeous black color, really, really eye-catching in a sense when it comes to skincare. So that's where kind of the inspiration came to be. And of course, after sharing this information with their labs, it was, you know, um, scientifically proven that uh, charcoal has great skincare benefits. So the rest was really history. And we created this peel off charcoal mask. This at the time, and even my father was something he was against. Like who's going to put this mask on. Even the packaging just didn't look like anything that you could find. Um, it's not like the typical skincare, like very light and here's light like a and blue clean. and clean. And yeah, it's Absolutely. totally different. Yeah. Yeah. But um, when we did share this, it launched at Sephora at the time. They were like, oh my God, okay, yeah, we, we need to get this mask. It's going to be really great. And then the rest is history. It continues to be our number one selling product. It also allowed us to branch out to our charcoal collection. And that was really exciting too, to be able to offer a cleanser, a moisturizer in that format. But I do think at the end of the day, it really allowed Bosha to be put on the skincare map, if you will say so. And it really put us on everyone's radar. But that's that's the history of it. And I can't believe it's been 10 years. Um, gosh, it's crazy to think it's been 10 years. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful how, you know, starting with the charcoal mask, and I'm sure moving through your other products, it's kind of like a love letter to your heritage in a lot of ways. It's like, it becomes this beautiful tribute to these stories that you have with your family that like typically stay within families. Like they pass down generationally through families and you've made, you've made a career out of it. So we all get to share in that experience. That feels really special. Like it feels very, I don't know, there's not really words to put around it, but it feels really special. I feel there's like a connectedness beyond the product into like the lived experience of you and your family. Yeah, no, thank you so much for saying that because definitely, you know, whether it's a new product launch or a collection, there's so much thought that goes behind it. And usually, um, you know, it's, it comes from inspiration from our Japanese heritage. But what I think, what I found really interesting in this whole process is there were things that, you know, being half Japanese, I've taken for granted and knew about. But then when I would explain this to my colleagues or retail partner, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like a cognac sponge. I had no idea what a cognac was. Who knew? And then to me, it was like, oh, wow, you guys think that's cool. Like, okay, yeah, we can, we can do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there definitely has been fun moments of just just allowing to share my other half of my culture. And I think you're right. That's such a beautiful part of what I, what I get to do. Did you think when you were a kid that you were going to end up here, like doing this work? You know, it's so funny you mentioned that. I mean, I know because 
when I grew, like I grew up in Japan, I moved here. I feel that for like the most half of my teenage adult life, I felt that I was trying so hard to catch up, like learn English, you know, become like quote unquote American. Just trying to fit in so hard. Yeah. Um, that now looking at it, I would definitely say that I've I've emerged in this culture, definitely feel comfortable, you know, going to the store or doing whatever I need to my day-to-day life. But looking back when I was younger, I would never think I would be well, like fully acclimated in, in not only being like an American, but have, being able to have a career where I like write professional emails in English. Like that to me, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like I can even spell how, how is this ever going to happen? So no, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I've always dreamed big, but sometimes I do step back and I'm just really grateful for where I am. Do you think that your kids will follow in your footsteps? Um, you know, perhaps, I mean, I know my daughter, Emmy, she's just naturally such a girly girl. So I know the passion is there for her. I love watching her skincare videos. (laughs) You know, we... I, I, we need to do more. My team asks me to, but it's like, it's like the house is always so messy <laughs> and it's not the, like, she won't do it. It's just like the background. That I of, love it. I could but, watch that. There should be a whole Bosha series on Emmy's skincare. Really <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree with you. Yes. That's, you know what? That's, that's a good goal for me <laughs> It's in my life. Yeah. Where do you think, where do you think Bosha goes from here? I feel like in a lot of ways, you guys have been a like, pioneer in clean beauty. There is also this other side that has felt like really organically come around in your uh, commitment to diversity and inclusion. I feel like your promotional materials have always been really inclusive. Um, part of me wonders if that's because you guys are from Japan. And so bringing in part of your own culture also opens you up to bringing in other cultures and rep- like being having representation. Like what's next for you guys? Like what... What comes next? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think um, just to touch on what you mentioned, absolutely. I do feel that because, you know, my father being Japanese, myself being half, I have been always very sensitive when it comes to diversity. Um, And we always speak to the fact that, you know, our products are made for everyone. You know, we don't discriminate and very, we are very focused and very selective as far as, you know, what type of models we use, because we always want to make sure that we are being inclusive. We're definitely past the time of, you know, beauty equaling blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, And we really just want to showcase that. I think for us as a brand, um, just furthering and expanding um, our diversity when it comes to our ambassador programs with our influencer that I know um, was an opportunity for us. And we have moved pretty quickly in bringing on um, more diverse individuals. I think um, for us as a brand, kind of on a separate note, what we've been really working on is just sustainability. In addition to, yeah, diversity, we really want to have a purpose as a skincare brand more than just, um, you know, selling these products. So moving forward, looking at recyclable components, ensuring that you know, where we're sourcing our ingredients are coming from sustainable sources. So that's something um, we're continuously working on. And then I think just bigger picture, um, 
what we as a as a company we're trying to partner possibly with some type of a nonprofit organization, but just as an ongoing mission for the company, um, something local, I'm hoping possibly a woman empowerment group. But um, I think those are some of the brand missions that we're, we're um, always working on. I love that. I know I love like, I mean, obviously pre-COVID, I feel like you guys were such a staple in the community doing beach cleanups or donating resources and services and product and funds to local organizations like Laura's house. I know you guys partnered with them and it's really, really incredible to see like such a large company that's based in a community where I live in doing work within the community, having a focus on diversity, having a focus on the issues that are really important and actually following through with that. And so I want to just say, I really appreciate that you guys do that for the space where we live in and on a larger scale too. Well, thank you so much, Sahar. Yeah, and you know, that's definitely another part of my job that I really, really am passionate and I love. I'm also really proud to announce that, um, you know, with everything that's happening with COVID and really seeing these frontline healthcare workers with the masks and the after pictures, we started thinking, you know, what what can we do to help this out? So we're, in addition to um, some of the donations we have made, we're donating another almost 17,000 pieces of voluminizing black mass to 10 different hospitals throughout the U.S. Um, we're actually launching a hand sanitizer later this month. Oh, for this, wow. Yes, we'll be donating um, pieces to wherever that need is. And I think with almost, you know, I don't know if it's the second wave of COVID or if the first one ever went away. It's definitely still here and it's yeah. here. Um, so whatever way we can, we always try to, you know, give back because we are really nothing without our community. So we just feel that it's, yeah, it's kind of our um, responsibility. I love that. Well, Lan, I can't thank you enough. Um, I like to end my interviews with the same 10 questions for everybody, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Yes. All right. So it's like a rapid fire. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love All it. right. What is a song that moves you? Okay, anything from Blink-182. Oh. I, I mean, I think any song that comes on from Blink just takes me back to high school days. I will like, never that. forget, like, driving in a car with you <laughs> in high school listening to Dude Ranch. <laughs> Dude Ranch, yes, that CD. Anything from that CD will, like, automatically put me in, like, a good mood and it'll me. <laughs> so good. What's a hidden talent that you have? Um, I can ride a unicycle. Oh. <laughs> so random. So good. I guess it's a talent. <laughs> what are three things that you always have with you? Um, I always have my phone. I always have my Bosha cherry um, chapstick. And I think just water. Okay, I have to tell you, when I came up with these questions originally, I never thought the chapstick would be the one thing that everyone has with them. I think in every person I've interviewed... Almost every person I've interviewed has said chapstick. And it's like, makes sense though. I always have chapstick with me too. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, a, you just always have one. Yeah. Uh, what is something that always puts a smile on your face? My kids. Oh, they're so always, cute. Right. Your favorite cup of coffee? You know, I actually don't drink coffee. I know okay. it's weird, but, um, I love tea. I love Diet Coke. It's not good for you. But, 
be my caffeinated drink of choice. You got to get it where you can get it. Yeah. What is something you do to ground yourself when you feel overwhelmed? I like to go running just by myself with headphones. Yeah. Yeah. It's like check out and check in at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. What's your favorite bite of food? Oh, ramen, I guess. Sorry, favorite bite of food. I'd say ramen. Ramen. A perfect day starts with? Um, a perfect day would be if I'm able to wake up early enough to go running or some type of like physical activity outside. Yeah, that would be a perfect day. What's something you're curious about? Astrology. I've been really <gasps> into um, astrology. Yeah. Interesting. We'll have to talk more about that later. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I know you're, I know you're an expert. So <laughs> definitely not an expert, but super fascinated too. <laughs> Uh, when was the time that you were surprised by your own bravery or courage? Oh, I mean, I, I would definitely have to say when I um, had my first child, my daughter, you know, that moment, I mean, you're so scared. You don't know what to expect. And I, I honestly was so scared of giving birth to her. But afterwards, it was like, oh, my gosh, like women are amazing. Uh-huh. It's crazy what your body is meant to do and what you can mentally even get over. So I would have to say that was definitely one of the moments was like, like I'm a badass. This yeah. is like- and then you went on to have twins. <laughs> that was uh, yeah, a whole separate story. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful to hear about your story. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Yeah, you can definitely um, find me on Instagram at Lan Bolinki, and then you can absolutely learn more about Bosha and the products at um, Bosha.com. Perfect. Thank you, Lan. Thank you so much. You've been listening to What's That Like For You with me, Sahar Martinez. My guest this week was Lan Belinky, co-creator of Bosha. You can find links to connect with Lan in the show notes of today's episode. Thank you so much to my friend Derek Villaverde from Tall for the theme music for this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, share, and review. If you'd like to learn more about upcoming guests, or if you have any suggestions or feedback, you can DM me on Instagram at What's That Like For You. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.